Bench Boost Boys pre-Game Week 12 season so far episode with uh, myself Gab and today I'm joined by part-time Bench Boost Boy Ben. How's it going Ben? All good, thank you Gav. Good to good to be back. Glad to have you back mate. It's nice to have a break from Scott sometimes. Uh, <laughs> he's away for a week. Shame it couldn't be more. Um, but we know there's an international break this week and we thought we'd still do an episode this week and just sort of talk about um, what we've picked up over these first 11 games of the season, uh, things we've learned, players we've spotted, uh, and then we, we'll go through a few things. So we'll talk about, we'll, we'll briefly talk about how we both got on in game week 11. Then we'll have a, look, a little look at our watch lists uh, and then we'll do a bit of a focus on the, the best FPL team of the season so far. So by that, I mean individual players in different positions and, and how they've got on and why you may or may not have decided to put them in your team so far. Uh, then we'll have a break and talk about a hypothetical Game Week 12 wildcard. Now, you and I have both played our wildcards already the, for the first half of the season. Um, but I know there will be some people after this international break who may be looking to play their wildcard. So I thought it might be a bit of fun to uh, do a what if situation. And we'll both talk about what we would do if we were playing a wildcard this week. Uh, and then we'll talk about where we're trying to get our teams or things we're trying to achieve or what FOMO we've got going on. And we'll finish up with the mailbag, which for about the third or fourth week in a row is a whopping great sack. That sound all right to you, Ben? Sounds good to me. All right, let's get it going. Bench bus boys. Okay, game week 11. Um, I don't mind kicking off, uh, particularly because it was a great game week for me. Um, I said to you just before we started recording, Ben, that I think, I could probably check if I wanted to, but I think this is the first game week for me where I've had the majority of my players actually with a good return. I've had good game weeks where two or three players have got all the points, but this was pretty solid. In fact, the only people that really kind of blanked or let me down were Sanchez in goal, obviously got a red card uh, in that draw with Newcastle. Uh, Chilwell didn't do anything against Burnley. Uh, Son got the midfielders clean sheet, did nothing in that draw with Everton. And then my strikers, Jesus... Uh, against Man United didn't do anything and then bloody Tony and I took Scott's advice he said and it was a good point if you've been back in Tony this season but you wouldn't back him against Norwich at home when would you play him and it was a good point and I'm not too upset because he played instead of Huang so uh, he only got two for Wolves he was on my bench so I only missed out on one point there not the end of the world but if it wasn't for the fact there weren't a lot of great striker options at the moment, I definitely would be losing a bit of faith in Tony, in spite of the fact that he's cheap as chips. Um, uh, it really is slim pickings. Strikers, strikers. strikers have been hard. I'm hoping, and we'll talk about this later, but I'm hoping that maybe this Conte arrival at Spurs is the re- the resurgence of Harry Kane. Yeah. Um, and maybe even as well, uh, how turning up at Newcastle might be, uh, Callum Wilson might kick in a bit like last season. But right now, it is slim pickings. Uh, so really good performances from Alexander-Arnold. Uh, goal assist yellow card three bonus points for 12 Cancelo two assists clean sheet yellow card three bonus points for 14 uh, Gallagher he's been great this season a goal clean sheet and a bonus point for 11 uh, I captained Salah uh, he got five points because he got an assist so I turned five into ten can, can never be too angry about that uh, Rafinha got a goal yellow card and three bonus points for nine uh, Smith Rowe 
I brought him in this week. He came in for Townsend for me. That paid off immediately. A goal and a clean sheet for eight. And that's the size of it. So I finished up with 71 points, way above the game week average of 42. Uh, my game week rank, 107,000th. Uh, overall rank, 571,000. Nice to be well under the million mark now. Overall points is 677. Uh, in the Bench Boost Boys League, I have I'm 15th. I'm 15th now, so that could be better. Uh, probably an opportune time to remind people, if you haven't joined the Bench Boost Boys private league, the code is Q8ZM2S. Uh, needless to say, Dave Paxton's Virgil Vestals or Vestal Virgils, they're top. That guy's dominating. Um, someone else who's doing pretty well, though, is you, Ben. How was, how was your game week 11? Thank you very much, Gav. Uh, yeah, a solid week. I think uh, my overall was 74 points nice. pretty happy about i think what did you say the game of average 42 was? 42 way so, above. Yeah. so three points uh above you my game week rank was uh 56k which is yeah my, i think that's my my second highest of the season that's great um but yeah really really chuffed with that but it's still tight like you you scored three point i scored three points more than you and there's you know like 40k mm. Different, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it just goes to show the quality this year, which I guess we'll talk about later. Mm. Um, seems to, yeah, just uh, picked up a lot. But yeah, as, in terms of uh, my players this week, our teams are fairly similar. I had Ramsdale in goal, um, clean sheet against Watford, seven points. Nice. Um, which is nice. He's uh, yeah. I, I bought him in a few weeks back, and he's he's starting to kind of pay that transfer starting to pay off, which I'm pretty happy about. Uh, Cancelo, two assists, clean sheet, yellow card, three bonus. <laughs> seems seems to have everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of everything, please. Yeah. Uh, so 14 points with him, and that was I think in that week he played in the Champions League again, and I think in that week he had four assists. Bloody hell! <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, if if you haven't got him in your team, there's 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 some pretty substantial evidence that you need him. Um, yeah, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, what goal, assist, yellow card, three bonus, 12 points there. I had Rudiger, who, um, yeah, Chelsea drew with Burnley. So, yeah, two points from him, which is uh, disappointing. I, I was kind of expecting a clean sheet Chelsea at home, solid mm. defence, but, you know, there we go. Uh, Livramento had him in my team. Uh, six six points, yeah. Obviously, nice. clean sheet, which was nice. Um, I saw it's, on, it's getting it's getting harder to ignore him, isn't it, mate? Yeah, he's. I I started him last week as well, and I think maybe possibly the week before, and he's had three three solid returns mm. in a row for me. So, I've just um, yeah, I I can't really leave him out at the minute. No. Um, and I know it's, it's yeah, it's a bit of a controversial one, but. Because, yeah, people seem to have him on, on their bench. <laughs> Scott. Um, Smith Rowe for Arsenal. Uh, got a goal, clean sheet, eight points. Solid performance again. Salah captain, same as you. Uh, just just the assist, 10 points, 10, 5 and 10. Uh, Rafinha with a goal, yellow card, three bonus, nine points. It's like the week of yellow cards. Yeah, um, and then what did I? I had Foden, Tony, and Vardy um, all all blanked. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, which um, similar story to what you were just saying. Strikers have seemed to be the position which let me down. He's one of the highest point scoring strikers of the season, Vardy. But it's, I think his last three game weeks, he's just blanked. Yeah, I think. Um, 
it seems to be the same three game weeks where everyone transferred yeah, him in as well. I know well. Scott had that problem. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> and you, this game week, you brought in Alexander-Arnold for Christensen, which obviously paid off. Yeah, big time. Um, Alexander-Arnold, I was always, I had him in my team at the start and then when I wildcarded, he was injured. So I left him out because I wasn't sure on how long he'd be out for. And it was always my intention to to bring him back in in, in these game week, like this game week. So, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it worked out, you know, ideal for me, really, with Christensen blanking. Yeah, good move. All right, well, a top game week for both of us. Um, not much more to say there, to be honest. So we'll take a quick break, uh, and then we'll have a little look at the watch list, uh, see who's who needs to be added, who to keep an eye on, and maybe who to stop looking at. So we'll be back in a sec. Benchpost boys. Okay, we'll have a look at the watch list, shall we? So, um, I know you're an avid listener, Ben, so you're probably well aware that um, Scott and I have actually started to do this somewhat properly. Uh, and we we actually keep a watch list and we're mindful of who we're adding and removing. It's almost like a professional outfit here these days, mate. And then I've turned, I've turned up this week and, and it's all gone, bit to, of paper. all gone to shit. It's all good because I, I, you're going to bring up something anecdotal, which I, I do want to talk about. But we'll start with mine then. So um, I've added about what have I added? four or five plays this week. So I've added Trossard from Brighton and Hove Albion. He seems to have started to kick on. Um not enough for me to want to desperately get him into my team, but enough to keep an eye on. So Trossard's in there. Armstrong of Southampton as well. Like, it would be a bit naive to look at how he's done for the first 11 games and be like, again, he's got to come straight into the team, but he seems to be in form. Decent so, decent run of fixtures yeah, as well for Southampton. Very, so. very true. One that I'm really keen on, Again, not quite at the point of being desperate to bring him in, but it's Bowen for West Ham. He's kind of quietly going about his business. His ownership is not very high, and that will, you know, foreshadowing a bit for later on. One of our mailbag questions talks about uh, someone's asking us for advice around what differentials could I bring in now to really knock me up the rankings. And uh, here's a here's a spoiler for you. I'd say Bowen. Yeah. Do but, I mean, West Ham are doing great anyway as a team, but Bowen's ownership is very low. Uh, McCarthy for Southampton, um, a bit of an overlooked goalkeeper. And maybe this is just because Southampton have been keeping a lot of clean sheets, winning a lot of games. Like, you know, Southampton are actually, for whatever reason, actually doing pretty well. Um, McCarthy's cheapest chips. Uh, so he might be, you know, there's actually another another question later asking about obviously the fact that Sanchez is banned now. He's not out for very long, especially given the international game week. But, uh, you know, some people might want to understand. What are my options if I did want to bounce Sanchez out of the team? And McCarthy's a good chat there, but we'll talk about that later. And the aforementioned Livramento, because I, I don't have him in my team. Oh. And now he's very become very hard to ignore. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm having a look. Uh, I'm wondering. Uh, I actually didn't remove anyone this week. I tend to remove people who have either become injured or I've brought them into my team or uh, their forms drastically dropped off. I didn't feel that strongly enough to do it yet. It could happen soon because the first one on that list who's still there is Vardy. If Vardy doesn't start scoring the goals, it will be coming straight off. Bruno Fernandes as well. Edouard of Crystal Palace. We thought he had a good start and then he's kind of, you know, maybe, who knows? We'll, we'll see. Um, Saka of Arsenal as well. I have brought in Smith Rowe recently, so I'm probably not going to have two, but I'm still keeping him there. Jimenez of Wolves. I have got Huang, and Jimenez is more expensive, but 
Jimenez seems to be fit and informed now, so there's an, an, an argument to suggest that he actually might really kick on now. Uh, James of Chelsea, I've got Chilwell, and that's one question I'm asking myself at the moment is, it, it might actually be worthwhile either going for James over Chilwell or doubling up and trying to get them both in. Yeah, I'd I'd look to double. I'm very tempted. And then I've also got Mason Mount and Foden in there. Um it has been questions at times around, you know, how many minutes they get. Foden's pretty dead set in that city midfield lately. Um, obviously blanks this current week, but I think as a long term play, uh, he's one to look at. So outside of maybe James, none of them I'm gagging to get in my team, but they're all players I've got my eye on, so that's where I'm sat. But now let's talk about and, and feel free to share your anecdote from that from the World Wide well, Web. Well, just to just to pick up yeah, I haven't got a formal watch list but yeah a few of your picks Bowen for West Ham definitely I think he, he's he's had a cracking season mm. looks good doing bits on and off the pitch um with Danny Dyer apparently the, oh really the, the daughter not the not the not the dad really? <laughs> mate it's 2021 mate we've got to be open-minded anything's possible um I also heard in much more serious news that earlier in the season like when the transfer window was still open so a long time ago now supposedly Liverpool were interested in Bowen I'm not quite sure how that works when you've got Jota Firmino and you know I'm not sure where he fits into that team but they obviously think he's promising enough he's yeah he's one of those players who can just he's just versatile isn't he like you could just chuck him on the pitch and he'll he'll just do something you could play him up front or you could play him behind the striker yeah seems pretty um, versatile yeah he's good um yeah same with um I Saka for Arsenal coming back I noticed that when Saka and Smith Rowe were playing together early in the season because they've got Odegaard Mm. as well Smith Smith Rowe seemed to be the the person who'd, who'd kind of dropped back in that middle I was worried more about him when Odegaard came back yeah because a lot of Arsenal fans didn't think Odegaard was coming back and then it was they they weren't too upset because they were like well Smith Rowe's going to play the number 10 and then when Odegaard turned up I thought oh that's bench then for Smith Rowe and it'll all be about Saka yeah and that, and that kind of is kind of what happened earlier on in the season was yeah, Saka played in that more advanced role with Odegaard, and then Smith Rowe seemed to be the guy who kind of fell back. He was the still holding guy. He's still getting minutes, but he just wasn't getting goals and assists. So, I, yeah, watch watch that space. I reckon when he comes back. Mm. Um, but yeah, similar story to you with uh, James on my watch list. Definitely, um, I've got Rudiger at the minute, and I'm debating doing doing a straight like for like transfer. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, on the topic of wingbacks um Reguilon is is probably my my key watch diamond in the um, rough yeah he um so since so Conte's obviously come in with Spurs and I was uh, I was actually reading an interview which he did um which I believe was before the Everton game on the weekend but he said that Conte will push him in they've already started working on Conte pushing him more into the attacking role where he'll mm. add assists and goals to his game. Victor Moses time. Yeah, exactly. Similar similar to what Tuchel does at uh, Chelsea where he says, you know, his his wing backs are there to attack and his yeah. midfielders are there to, to kind of defend and cover for them. And I think that'll happen at Spurs. And then building on from that, I was looking at some stats from the Everton game 
and uh, Reguilón was the most advanced player for Spurs with the highest number of touches in the final third. Amazing. So it's it's already there, yeah. kind of in you know like in in the data that what he said is going to happen is kind of happening so he's yeah I think if, if he can whip some balls in when you've got Kane in the middle yeah that being said Kane you know kind of coming you know with 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 delivery there he could he could be another one to watch well I heard that Kane had supposedly and take it with a pinch of salt but when it was announced that Conte was coming as the manager um Kane announced right I'm going nowhere then so he was obviously pretty happy about that. Yeah, I still don't think it's long-term futures at Spurs, but who knows? He's he's like he's a world-class manager and he's going to play attacking football, which yeah. is exactly what they've been crying out for. Yep. So definitely, yeah, I think um, Kane, Son, Reguilón definitely keep them keep keep your eye on them. I think they've they've got a pretty good fixture run coming up from game week twelve as well right. onwards. So well, it's it's there's no surprise as well when you look at the best teams in the Premier League. Um, they're all playing extremely attacking fullbacks or wingbacks. Um, and what actually made me laugh is I saw, uh, I can't remember who the journalist was, but someone was actually criticising Trent at the weekend, saying he was at fault for a goal and defensively he was shit. And I'm like, from an FPL perspective, I go, yeah, 14 points. It's, it's what, it's what it you want, isn't it? It's, it's <laughs> where the, the value in yeah. defenders is. is If you're getting goals and assists, assists from defence, yeah. that's... That's how you're going to get those. Uh, and I, um, I don't think Klopp will be too upset. I'm sure they'll work in the training ground around whatever he did wrong, but they're not going to be too upset, are they? Nah. All right. Well, that is interesting. And I am going to now add Reggie on to my watch list because I think you're on to something there, mate. Um, all right. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You, you can go now. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll take a quick break now. And when we come back, we'll just talk about the FPL team of the season so far. And as I said at the top of the show, this is specifically from the point of who scored the most points. Um, yeah, I won't give too much away. We'll come back. Bench boss, boys. Okay, so FPL team of the season so far. I'll run through it really quick. Uh, I've basically just done a start in 11. First caveat I need to get out of the way is the fact that these 11 players come to 92 million. It's not lost on me that you can't get four subs out of 8 million. So I know you wouldn't necessarily have had all of these players, but here it goes anyway. The goalkeeper is Mendy of Chelsea. 53 points. Highest point scoring goalkeeper. However... When we put our uh, FPL lens on this, when you're talking about people who uh, take FPL seriously, and uh, you can correct me if, I, if you think I'm wrong, people don't spend tend to spend 6.2 million on a goalkeeper, do they? No. Although, that being said, last year I did have Edison in my team for a bit. Um, I, just, I had him actually for a while, I think a couple of game weeks earlier in the season. But you're not going to pick... You're not going to spend 6.2 on Mendy... And rule yourself out of a Chelsea player when you've got James for 5.9, Chilwell for 5.9, exactly. Rudiger for 5.8. If you're talking about, and it doesn't even have to be the Chelsea players, if you're talking about bang for your buck, um, you'll get, you'd have got a better return. I mean, yeah, 53 points from Mendy versus, I don't know, for argument's sake, five or six less for McCarthy from Southampton, who's going to cost you over one and a half million less. And then you could have spent that extra money on... I don't know, it could be the difference between you bringing Salah into your team or having Son in there or Antonio. You don't tend to do that. But when we're talking about facts, Mendy is the highest point scoring keeper at the moment, 53 points. 
I've picked three defenders here, Cancelo, Alexander-Arnold and James. Pretty obvious, I'd say. Um, and as you just pointed out, James, 5.9 million. That's pretty cheap for a defender who's got 63 points. Um, and he was injured uh, for a couple of games early in the season. That's so right, yeah. I well, think... yeah, there you go. If he'd have been playing week in, week out, he'd probably be the highest scoring defender. Exactly. Um, and, you know, he's scoring goals as well. We joked on the podcast last week, Scott and I, that um, Chelsea could probably actually bring Azpilicueta and Alonso back in the team, play them as fullbacks, and stick James and Chilwell up front. They're doing better than their strikers. <laughs> Can't do any worse than Werner. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, midfield. Salah. Yeah, he's 13 million. 117 points. Nearly twice as many points as the next highest point scoring midfielder, which is unbelievable. And that next midfielder is Gallagher of Crystal Palace. Uh, 62 points, but 5.8 million. Cheapest chips. I like your comment here which is the shining jewel in palace's shitty crown accurate yeah yeah um poetic but also accurate <laughs> um we talked about this off air as well about the fact that gallagher's kind of taken up that eze role from last season uh worth noting that i believe eze is now back from injury probably trying to get match fit um hopefully they can kind of make them complement each other because i was a big fan of eze last season but really hard to ignore gallagher we knew at the start of the season that there was this promising young chelsea player which is hundreds um that was going on loan to palace but i honestly don't think anybody apart from maybe his parents if they like him thought that he'd perform as well as he has or he'd make that much of a difference at Palace but he genuinely has yeah he's killing it and I think um, Palace just generally look like a pretty strong team at the minute doing alright um, Vieira's obviously done done bits there so yeah he's you know what he's doing alright because in his other managerial roles it hasn't gone that great didn't go that great in France it was pretty average in you know in the United States um, and he seems to be doing alright at Palace Next midfielder I've got is uh, a surprising one in a way. It's Mane. And the reason it's surprising is, I mean, he's 11.9 million, so he's expensive, but he's got 59 points. Uh, he's the third highest point scoring midfielder, but his ownership is tiny. Uh, now, I, I think that the main reason is probably because a lot of people have got Salah, like a lot of people, and they're not that likely to have got... Such two such expensive midfielders from the same team. Um, my only feeling around this would be if you're looking... I know there are a lot of people out there who really focus heavily on their mini leagues, their private leagues. If you're looking for that differential, I wouldn't ever bet against Salah, but maybe let's say a lot of people in your mini league have all got Son or something or someone in that similar kind of price range. Mane, you could do worse than going for Mane. Yeah, he's just for me, he was just that awkward price point where I was never going to pick him over Salah. Um, if he was like 10.5, I think is, is probably the fair, mm. the fair price for him. And you could, you could argue. If he, well, if he was, yeah, like, cause what Son is 10.3. So if he was yeah. a, a similar price to Son, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a nice segue into the next player. <laughs> the next midfielder is Son. Uh, now, one thing I would say about Son is firstly, he's world-class. Secondly, he out of all those Spurs players who struggled under the, the Nuno tactics, um, still performed. And he has 58 points, one less than the Mane so far this season, but he's 10.3 million. Um, again, I feel like we always do this foreshadowing with a mailbag. There was a question later that literally is asking about, you know, look, is it time to go for Son? 
I'll just say very briefly now, the fact like we've talked about that Conte's arriving, it's going to help people like Reggio, and it's probably going to help people like Kane. That's even more of a reason to probably back Son. Um, and yeah, so far this season, in the first 11 games, he's one of the best. Yeah, and they've been pretty open, or Conte's been pretty open that they're going to play attacking football, and you just can't look past Son. Oh man, last season that was great, watching all yeah. that link-up play between Son and Kane. Between them, the amount of goal contributions was just ridiculous, so I, I would, wouldn't back uh, against Son. Uh, final midfielder is Smith Rowe, and we talked about him earlier in the show. I feel like a lot of his points have probably come in the last half a dozen games. Yeah, definitely. Um, which just goes to show, like, his, his total points is 57, so it's only one less than Son. He's £5.8 million. Pounds. Great value. Amazing. And he and he genuinely seems to be getting better all the time. I did. I do remember when Odegaard turned up again, uh, some of the pundits were talking about how Arteta is quite likely to try and accommodate them both, see if he can play them both. Um, Odegaard's a great player, but I would say currently, at least, Smith Rowe is the one who's prospering more, particularly from an FPL prospect uh, perspective. Sorry, um, I mean that's obvious. It's literally down here on paper. I'm not talking about Odegaard. Um, two strikers. We've talked already this episode about the fact that it's slim pickings up front. But the performers so far are Antonio and Vardy. Antonio, 8.2 million. Uh, Scott and I joked a lot at the early part of the season that always a good player to back. Just got to be mindful that at any given time his hamstring will go or whatever. He's injury prone. But in fairness, hasn't had any so far. Yeah, pretty hectic schedule as well with uh, West Ham playing in Europe this season. And I mean, so far, so good. Maybe it'll start to burn out a bit more as the season progresses but right now hard hard to ignore him um and i think um i might be wrong here but i think his price actually started at 7.5 at the start of the season i wouldn't be surprised because he's he's the guy to go for and he scored 61 points so far uh then the next striker is vardy um not being great in the last three or so games 10.8 million as well he's not cheap but 60 points so this team all up, if you had managed to make it work, let's say you switch your keeper out, you're still looking around 720 points. And of course, what you're missing is the uh, the captaincy. If you did a set and forget on Salah, you're going to add another 117 points to that. You'd be way up there. Completed it. Completed it, mate. Um, the interesting thing is, I did, before we came on air, total up the points of the captaincy. And I think it came up to 838 um, there are four people in FPL who have a higher score than that, which means that not only do they have most of these players, on the weeks where there were players who performed better than Salah, they had the armband on those players for them to have got more than 838 points. Uh, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, Jeff. Cheating. <laughs> the, the only way. Oh, wanker's got the cheat codes at the magazine. Um so, yeah, um, you wouldn't have been able to afford this, but I reckon if you'd have switched out Mendy uh, and gone for someone like McCarthy or Gaeta from Crystal Palace um, and then maybe switch out... I mean, let's say you wouldn't have gone for Mane and instead you might have gone for someone... You could have gone for... I don't know. There's probably a few in there that are a few mil cheaper. You could have achieved this, but we didn't have a crystal ball. And we, we can't ever dwell, but I just thought it'd be good good to have a little look at actually who has performed the, the best. Um, and then one other thing to mention. Just before you jump into that, Gav, yeah. um, if you are one of the four players <laughs> with over 838, 838 you should um, 
start a podcast and start a podcast for people with podcasts who talk about FPL <laughs> so we know what the fuck we're talking about. But just make it private, record it, yeah. and then just email us the WAVs. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Yeah, thanks. If you can get that back to us by next Tuesday, that'd be great. Um, one of the things I did to try and pick up some of this uh, data... I'll use the word data because it makes it sound like I'm some sort of analyst or something. Um, is And I don't know if people really utilise this enough. I'm sure some people do. But on the FPL website, if you go to the stats tab, um, the sorted by dropdown has got shit loads of different things you can sort by. And one of the really interesting ones is value bracket season or value form. So value season, they describe it as being, it's a player's total points divided by a player's value. Um, And that's pretty good. And the form one's even better because if you're like, I need to get a cheap differential in, which we'll talk about a bit more later, you can go value form and be like, well, who's at at top? No surprise, it's James of Chelsea because he's only 5.9 million. Um, those are really useful to use and regularly what I do use is things like the form drop down I like points per game I think it's called or points per match um, goals for like round points total points clean sheets like there's so many things you can sort by uh, and it's definitely if you are trying to look for or do your own research around or well, who's performing better like for instance We've been talking today a bit about McCarthy for Southampton. Now, as much as it's no secret that Southampton are having a good season, a lot of people are looking at Sanchez from Brighton. Um, Foster's a good, cheap alternative because it turns out he's starting for Watford. Um, I don't hear that many people talking about McCarthy. And McCarthy's ownership is 4.2%. And I basically say anything less than 5% is a differential in my book. Um, He only really flags up if you use some of these these, uh, drop-downs. They're a really, really good handy tool, which I personally have never used. Um, so I'm just, sure a lot of people haven't. You, uh, yeah, it's probably worth noting that I I use the mobile app. Oh, you don't FDL. get you don't get so many options. Yeah. yeah. Now that's actually a really good point because I'd I would suggest that the majority of people are using the mobile app, and you don't get all this stuff on the mobile app. So you might have to jump onto your your laptop or something and uh, bring it up on there if you want to look at this stuff. Good little tip. I, I like it. You actually speak some sense on this thing. Who knew? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scott, mate. He's holding me back. <laughs> Brings it down. <laughs> All right. Another break because I know you've got a weak bladder. Uh, and then we're going to talk about a hypothetical Game Week 12 wildcard. We've both played our first half of the season wildcards, but I know that people tend to try and wait for an international break as a, a point to use it. We're obviously coming up to the middle of November now, so if you haven't used your wildcard, you're going to have to use it pretty soon. And you don't want to end up being one of those people that waits until literally the Boxing Day games goes, oh shit, I'm going to lose my wildcard. You've kind of wasted it by that point. So... We will talk after the break around what you and I would pick if we had a hundred million to spend, which is just to keep it at a base level, because the reality is a lot of people might have 101.8 million to spend or whatever, but we've just gone for a flat hundred mil, the squad we would pick if we were doing a wild card today. Bench boss boys. Okay, hypothetical game week 12 wildcard time. I'll quickly run through the squad I picked and then uh, we can have lots of laughs and banter about which players we 
both picked and then we can argue about which players you picked that I didn't and vice versa and have a gale time um if you like uh, so <laughs> I know why Scott left <laughs> <laughs> um Scott left because uh, he received a caution from by the police for calling Salah a nonce on the show last week. Mm, Salah, um, a devoted Muslim, a uh, role model for children, and referred to by some as the Egyptian king. So, it, uh, and as I, and I'll restate as I said in the podcast last week, bench boost boys do not think that Mohammed Salah is a paedophile. And we'll draw a line under that, I think. And maybe one day on Good Behaviour, Scott can come back. I just felt it I felt it important to get that out there. Not sure how many listeners you have in Egypt you or, could, you, you could or Liverpool. Just, you could have just finished that sentence. I'm not sure how many listeners you've got. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots. You could get away with murder when it's just your nan listening. Um, all right, back to business. I would go for a McCarthy in goal, Southampton, 4.6 million. Uh, defense. I've gone for so focusing on the starting eleven here, or the strongest eleven, let's say, because obviously it's a what is it, a fifteen-player squad. Um, James in defense, Chelsea five point nine million, Cancelo, Man City uh, six point four, Alexander Arnold seven point seven. Those three would be an absolute lock if I was picking a defense now. James, Cancelo, Alexander Arnold, uh, Gallagher, Crystal Palace five point eight, Smith Rowe, Arsenal also five point eight, Salah, Liverpool thirteen. Son, Tottenham, 10.3. Uh, oh, and Rafinha from Leeds, 6.6. Um, up front, Antonio, uh, 8.2. And Huang of Wolves, 5.8. Uh, a bench, I'm always a, I'm a sucker for a strong bench. Um, the only, uh, I'd say, potential downer on my bench is I've got three Southampton players. Or, or sorry, two Southampton players, which means that I've got three in total. I'm not necessarily saying that would be a great idea to have three Southampton players, but if they're in form, not the end of the world. Ramsdale for Arsenal, 4.7. Liveramento, Southampton, 4.5. Duffy of Brighton, 4.4. And Armstrong of Southampton, 5.9. I wouldn't necessarily have been too hot on getting Armstrong in, but but what budget I had left, um, and the fact that I think he's one to watch at the moment, that's where I chucked that bit of money, but it could easily have ended up being someone else, and, and who knows who comes into form total spend there of 99.6 um how does yours look solid solid team from you um pretty similar to be fair like there's there's a a lot of players in there which i feel are the the classic set and forgets Mm, um template as they call it yeah should they not you know fall victim to injury or whatever i've got i've actually got um and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, but Gaeta from Crystal Palace, the goalkeeper, 4.5 mil. Good pick. Um, 43 points this season so far, so you know not terribly bad. Um, but his run of fixtures just really quickly. Burnley, Villa, Leeds, Man United. Then he's got Everton, Southampton, Watford. That's a Spurs, nice run. Norwich. So like right up until game game week 21. That's solid. It's a pretty solid run. And yeah, I think Palace assets just in general should should be, you know, yeah. key. But yeah, so anyway, I digress. I've got uh, James for Chelsea, uh, Cancelo for City, Man City, Trent Alexander-Arnold for Liverpool, same as you for those three. Then I've got, I've got Rudiger here for Chelsea, um, who's a solid player, but I'd actually probably 
based off my comments earlier, swap that for Region, yeah, um, yeah, who's, yeah. who I think is cheaper than 5.9 off the top of my head. So, yeah. Um, anyway, Smith Rowe, who you've got, Salah, same as you. Then I've got Rafinha, same as you. Reg- Region's five mil, by the way. Oh, value. So there you go. Um, Gallagher, who, yeah, again, same as you, 5.8. Um, then my strikers, I've got Antonio and Lukaku. I've put in here uh, 11.5. Um, he's injured at the minute, but we've got an international break. Mm. Um, he's been out for two weeks, so I think... Let's see. We always take it with a pinch of salt, but let's quickly check and see what... I thought I'd find it bloody quicker than this. I think he was 50%. Yeah, what are... Where the bloody hell is he? Lukaku. How far down have I got to go? There he is. At the moment, the FPL website is saying 50% chance of playing ankle injury, but you're right. There's there's plenty of time between now and the next games. Um, I think the cutoff for selection is like 20th of November, so that's literally in our time. You know, We're, we're recording in Australia on uh, Wednesday night. That's 10 days away. So I uh, I have been as well in the past a bit dismissive about Lukaku, but we can't really argue with the fact that, you know, game week four, we got 13 points. Game week two, we got eight points. Plenty of blanks in between, but given that striker options are slim pickings, um, that's not a bad shout. Yeah, and the first two game weeks where he got returns, Reese James was playing. It was before his injury. Um, worth noting that James is obviously now back and he'll be delivering for Lukaku. Chilwell's hit form. Um, so the, the delivery will be better for him. I think he'll, I think he'll start to get returns. Anywho, uh, my... Bench. Oh, so yeah, uh, the total points for that, just that starting 11 um, so far this season is 668, which is a, a you know, decent um, return. Our lo- the lowest scoring player on there is Lukaku, who's obviously been, been, injured, been yeah. injured for a few games. So, you know, that would probably bump up to an extra 10 points or, or whatever, should you have... Vardy in there instead. What's the bench look like? Uh, I've got Ramsdale, who I think is a really good pick for the yep. season. Um, so yeah, jump in between him and the Palace keeper, I think would would probably be a pretty solid rotation. Yeah, I've got um, Broya or Broja. I'm not sure how that's pronounced either. Sorry, I'm really bringing down this. You forgive her, mate. We're not uh, <laughs> not necessarily men of culture. Um, yeah, for Southampton, he's a forward. He's five mil. Um, Probably people are thinking that's a bit of a weird pick. Um, he's only started two games this season. In both of those games, he started. He he returned eight points. Okay. Um, so good yeah. budget pick them. Yeah, I think budget pick. You don't um, get many strikers at five mil. Yeah, and I think he he'll you know he he's obviously returned on the, the games that he started. Maybe he'll start you know becoming a bit more of a feature. I've got Douglas Luiz for Villa because he's just a four point five mid. Gen- he's injured at the moment, but generally starts um, when fit. Uh, Livramento, Southampton, just brilliant. 4.5 mil. I think it's the Good best value, value pick in terms of defence. And you literally spent dead on 100 mil. Yeah, 100 mil. But I think if you subbed out Rudiger for Region, you'd, you'd have that spare like 900k, 900k in the bank, which I think is, you know, you could do a bit with, with that. Well, there you go. If you're thinking about playing your wild card between now and the start of game week 12, you could do worse than look at those two squads. Worth pointing out that when you play a wild card, like if you've already got, you know, a, a salary in your team, you're not going to be paying 13, 13 mil. mil. Yeah. So 
there's yeah there's there's probably a bit of you know flexibility there we just started with a clean slate yeah. and 100 mil definitely good to mention that all right i think that was pretty good um we'll have a break now and then usually at this point in the show we talk about our plans for the next game week but given that that is well over a week away and today's topic is more about how the game week oh sorry the season has gone so far we'll just really briefly talk about um perhaps what changes we're looking to make to our teams in general going forward if if any at all so uh we'll we'll chat about that in a moment Bench boss boys. Now, in theory, this would probably be quite a talking point, but I honestly, there's not much that I'm desperate to do. So I do have a little bit of FOMO on Liveramento. We've talked about quite a bit on this week's show. Uh, James as well. And I am still very tempted to double up on Chilwell and James. Uh, and then Antonio. I have had him in my team at points, but given that he's literally the biggest returning striker so far this season and he has stayed injury-free and West Ham are flying high, uh, I do feel like I'm potentially missing out a little bit there. In my team, I've kind of currently got Gabriel Jesus, who is, I think, about the third highest point scoring, but he's not exactly banging in the goals. Not many people are. So I might have to switch to Antonio. But outside of that... It's really going to de- uh, depend on how things develop over the coming weeks. Um, maybe, you know, maybe Ronaldo picks up. He's obviously done well in Europe. Uh, Man United are relying on him quite heavily. For better or worse, there's lots of strong opinions around that, how actually Man United might actually be better off without him. But he's there, and if he starts banging in goals, he'll be hard to ignore. If Vardy hits form again, might have to bring him in. Or, you know, if Harry Kane under Conte starts scoring loads of goals... It's going to give me a, a good problem to think about. Um, but there's no one I'm super, super desperate to bring in. So my changes will be dictated by either injuries or poor form to the players I've currently got, or if the aforementioned players or, or, or other players who I'm not even talking about at the moment, it might just suddenly hit form. Um, I'll have to consider that. But even though I am trying to become better at planning ahead, looking oh, like you talked about Crystal Palace, I've got really good form, you know, maybe... Maybe maybe you're looking for a differential. Do you bring in Odson Edward for a bit of that? Um, at the moment, at least, I don't feel massively compelled to be that strategic and that might end up being egg on my face and um, I'll have to live with it. Um, how about you? Much much you're trying to do or get into your team? Similar, similar position as you, to be honest. Um, I think with international breaks, I never like to, to go quick in terms of transfers like i know you see on twitter that a lot of people are lumping vardy at the minute shipping him off Mm. and his price is going to drop and that panics people um i'm not too bothered about price drops or price rises on the grand scheme of things um i think i'll yeah i'm I'm not convinced on vardy's his form's dropped a bit um lukaku I'll monitor his fitness, see if there's anything in the press conferences over the international break on where he's at with his fitness. But I'll probably look to maybe do that swap Vardy to Lukaku at some point. Because um, I just think Lukaku, he, he had a few blanks, but I think he'll, he's a he's a baller and he'll Should get goals. Yeah. yeah, and when you've got James and Chilwell delivering like in the form they're in, I just think, yeah, he'll... Well, one thing I would note as well is it seems to be post into Milan Lukaku seems to now be able to 
His positional plays a lot better. Yeah. He's, he seems a lot more intelligent. And I'm actually surprised to see, as much as he does have the capability to charge into the box from shoulder to shoulder, because he's, he's a big guy. Um, a lot of his, he's a sort of more of a fox in the box. He'll know where to be, how to lose his marker in the six yard box and just poach a bunch of goals. So he's very capable. Yeah, definitely. And you've, yeah, on the topic of Chelsea, I've got Rodiger at the minute and I'll I'll look to swap him out for James and Chilwell. The reason why I had him was I doubled up on him and Alonso earlier in the season. Alonso lost his place um, and I just didn't want to take a minus four to kind of switch everything around. Um, mm. So I've kind of been stuck with Rodiger, which I don't mind. He gets clean sheets. He's always dangerous and a threat from set pieces. But yeah, the form James and Chilwell are in, you can't overlook them. And then, yeah, I guess kind of generally Palace assets. I don't have Gallagher. Mm. Zaha's hit a decent bit of form as well. I, I don't think he can really be overlooked. Um, we mentioned earlier that Eze's coming back. He'd yeah. be interested. Like, I, I just think, yeah, watch that space. There's a couple of good assets there. Um, yeah, I think, and then yeah, obviously Spurs assets as well. Generally, without mm. repeating everything we said earlier on, um, Reggion, Son, Kane, Kane. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, possibly if if sorry, knocking the place about. Oh, uh, the table over. <laughs> uh, possibly if I'm shipping off Vardy, yeah, look to bring in Kane. I've got a bit of money in in my bank as well, so. Mm. Um, that could work out quite well. Yeah. It would be a nice advantage to get on that before other people. Exactly. Um, hmm. Lots to think about. And actually on the sort of concept of transfers, I've tried to be super disciplined this season with not taking points hits, uh, particularly because I have very fresh wounds from that end of season email you get from FPL that really breaks down everything you did. And the hideous amount of points hits I took, it was literally twice as many as Scott. And you have to bear in mind that Scott beat me by single digits last year and I was ahead of him in, at, up until, well, not for the whole season, but I was ahead of him going into the final game week. Yeah. And if I'd have not done that, I, I went, I did a bunch of minus eights. I think I had a minus 12 at one point. Uh, and I know, there is a time and a place. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing it, but you have to be, and we've talked about this in the past, strategic about it. You need to feel a certain degree of confidence that you're going to get a, almost a double return versus who you're shipping out. Yeah. And I, I'm, I don't mind taking the odd minus four, mm. but last season I just, seem to just take them weekly it was like one person blanked that week so yeah. it's all gone to shit you know what it reminds me of that kind of like irresponsible spending yeah. you know it's like five dollars here four dollars there and then suddenly you look at your bank balance but i, I just sweats. just on the on the note of transfers generally i think a lot of people have this obsession with price increases and price drops mm. and jumping on things early and yeah things do go up like 0.1 yeah sometimes occasionally 0.2 in a game week but like if you're i understand if you've got kind of three transfers lined up and it's the only way of making that work or two transfers and, and the, it's so price conscious but I think I always try and remember like it's not a race. It's not about how much value you can have in your team. I remember early on last season, someone talking about trying to do that as a strategy. 
I don't know how, that's not a legitimate thing. You can't do that. Yeah. How would you, this isn't like scouting for Wonder Kids on Football Manager. This is, how do you odds that? You couldn't do it. It's almost like, um, it's like a gambler only talking about the winnings and never about the losses. Like if you do happen to get a player in and then he does incredibly and his price goes up, well, firstly, if he's doing well, you're not going to want to sell him anyway. You don't, you you win by scoring points, not by having a squad that's values higher than everyone else's. Yeah, exactly. So, and similarly, you'd have to be doing some really fucked up stuff if your squad value started dropping dramatically. So, I don't think, yeah, people don't focus on that. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a worthwhile thing to do, to be honest. Yeah, just like taking big points hits to try and stay ahead of price drops. It's like it doesn't pay off. Or you don't net out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does, yeah. Don't do that, listeners. Um, and, you know, my game week, or sorry, my overall rank would show that I'm I'm not some kind of expert, but what does sometimes make me laugh is if you check at the end of a game week going into a new one, the most transferred in players, it's basically whoever performed well in the week before. And sometimes that's legitimate because someone may have come back from injury or you know they're a good player and they've hit form. Sometimes it's some random and you just think probability-wise... That guy from that shit team who got a hat-trick, he's not doing that next week. But people are very reactive. You're right, they're either trying to avoid or get ahead of the curve with price drops or rises. Or it's like, oh, that guy from Burnley got a hat-trick, stick him in my team. Is that always the best thing to do? I'm not convinced. I think when it comes to FPL, the best thing you can do is always panic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it certainly worked well for me in the past. All right, well, on that bombshell, we'll take a quick break. And then when we come back, um, we've got one, two, three, five questions for the mailbag. So we'll be here till about midnight. Um, We'll try and hit them uh, pretty rapid fire i guess so we can uh, get home before the the train stops it's my bedtime <laughs> yeah oh no i've got to get home all right cool we'll be back final section final break ah. mailbag time that's right it's mailbag time okay we have a, a sort of running joke on bench boost boys about people who send in multiple questions um i just you know not everybody shares our sense of humour. So I just want to quickly preface this by saying that we mean it in good faith and we're always very, very grateful to receive your mailbag questions. We used to have to beg our friends and let's just say they're not our friends anymore. <laughs> so I do appreciate it. And if you do want to send in your questions for the mailbag, it's at Bench Boost Boys on Twitter. Um, so this week at FPL underscore Gronpil, the greedy fuck has sent us three questions. Who does he think he is? Oh, this mum? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, look. Aunt, <laughs> Uncle Steve sent a message. Um, so FPL Grandpil, who I believe is uh, in Norway. So thank you. Uh, thank you for listening, Norwegians. Um, he has three questions. Let's go for the first. He says, what shall I do about Sanchez? Uh, when I read that this morning, and maybe it's just because I'm a bit tired, I went... Alexis Sanchez. Uh, he's obviously talking. <laughs> if you still got him, you're in trouble, mate. <laughs> I actually checked. Panic. Yeah, uh, Inter Milan played against AC Milan at the weekend, and he was on the bench for them. So obviously his career is winding down. Um, he's talking about the goalkeeper from Brighton and Hove Albion. We touched on this really briefly earlier in the show. Um, my feeling is he's not out for that long. Uh, I think he's back on the 27th, so he's effectively missing one game. Um, 
first caveat from me is it depends who your other keeper is. Have you got a legitimate person to put in goal? Like, let's say, like, a lot of people, I mean, Scott and I at the moment, both have Sanchez and Foster. And outside of Watford playing Man City, I'm not too upset about playing Foster. He does all right sometimes. I don't rely on my keeper to get me bags full of points. If he can get me a few every now and again, that's fine. Um, So that's the first point. Who's your other keeper? I know some people have enablers on the bench, which is, you know, some guy who's the fifth choice at a club, and he's he was just four mil and you needed money. Um, even then, this isn't as bad as a long-term injury. Sanchez is out for a week. So I don't think it's a big deal. Also, and this is just a personal take, I don't like to, and I've, in my notes here, I've put it in quotes because I don't mean it literally, but I don't like to waste my free transfer on a goalkeeper transfer if I can help it. Sometimes you've got to, like if a guy's out long-term, you don't, you know, you want to be able to field 11 players who play football um, week in, week out, if you can. Um, I don't like to, but if you really do want to make a switch, we've talked a few times, or I have in particular, McCarthy of Southampton or Gaeta of Palace. Those are cheap keepers and arguably, they've, well, it's not arguable, it's fact. They have scored more points than Sanchez. So if you do want to use a transfer this week, I wouldn't necessarily want to take a minus four to do this depending on what your other transfer is. But if you want to use your free transfer to get rid of Sanchez, now might actually be a good excuse because Gaeta of Palace and McCarthy of Southampton have done better. If you want to go super cheap, you could go for Foster of Watford. So Yeah, I think the the strategic move is, depending on who you've got on your bench, I would bin him off for Foster because Foster's only 4.1 mil. Yep. And then you've got Foster as your reserve keeper for the rest of the season if you're going to keep Sanchez for the season. Sure. If, you, if you're dead set on getting rid of Sanchez because you want a better keeper, then yeah, you've got your McCarthy's of... Uh, Southampton Ramsdale Ramsdale who yeah he's, he's in good form for Arsenal um, I think they're all around the kind of 4.6 yeah. mark now yeah. um, and then yeah I think that's I, but I, I would just get rid of um, whoever you've got on the bench I'm assuming is not playing otherwise you wouldn't be asking the question but yeah I'd, I'd get rid of them for Foster because he yeah. is one of those low price enablers does get games like he scored 11 points in the last game well put it this way if you were maybe saving 500k this week by bringing in foster for sanchez that might be getting you 500k closer to bringing in harry kane in a few weeks if he's now banging in two goals a week he wouldn't be very good in goals though so he's quite tall. Why is he tall? He looks deceivingly, <laughs> deceptively tall um anyway i think that's a good answer i think we've answered that one well the next fpl Gronpil question who are the current best differentials I could use to rise up the ranks so before I go into it this I talked earlier about using those filters on the FPL website if you're on the web browser version I used that today to come up with a list of players and these are all players that are owned by less than five percent of people and they've performed well or they're in form or they've got good fixtures coming up Um, McCarthy again Southampton, 4.6 mil. We should be on commission for promoting him this episode. Yeah, I need a signed shirt, McCarthy. <laughs> if, you, if you're listening, which you obviously are. Um, God, that's a weird thought. I mean, we we don't get high numbers of listeners, but that's a strange... I'm not getting delusions of grandeur here, but sometimes we slag off players and actually the thought they might be listening and either angry or upset. 
It's chills yeah. me to the bone. Apparently, Salah didn't take the paedophile comment too well last week. <laughs> Smashed up the changing room. Deliberately didn't score. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Scott! <laughs> don't use words you don't understand! I don't know what accent that was. Um, it clearly wasn't Egyptian. Right, um, okay. So McCarthy is the only keeper I've got down here as a, a legitimate differential. Defenders, quite a lot. Johnson of West Ham, Ben Johnson, not the Canadian sprinter who got done for drug cheating in the late 80s. Obscure reference if you're as young as you, Ben. Or Adam Johnson. <laughs> no, not no, no. Can we get off the subject of nonces? It's not Adam Johnson. Ben Johnson of West Ham, four million. Now, another thing to add in, he started the last three or four games and he's done really well. Ogbonna is now out for a while with a knee injury. So Johnson is, he's playing. He seems to be a first-team player now for West Ham. Um, four mil. Massive differential. Look at Johnson. Good, uh, good pickup. Yeah. Yes, I, really, I really like it, especially because he's, he's scored points yes. when he's played, um, which I think is, you know, like if, you, if you've got people who aren't playing every game mm. and you're just going to have them on the bench, the games which they do play look for the points. These are, all these selections are legitimate people who play. Yeah. Uh, Lowton for Burnley or Loughton, um, 4.4 mil, similar story. Bednarak, Southampton, 4.4 mil. Gabriel of Arsenal, 4.4 mil. Cornet or Cornet, Burnley, in the, no, we've moved into midfield here, um, 6 mil. Good, great player as well. Mm. Um, he, he looks like Burnley don't look great, but he is by far their standout player. Last season's uh, favourite 3.9 mil player, Tarek Mitchell. He's actually doing all right now. I mean, Crystal Palace are doing all right. He's 4.5 mil now. Still a huge differential. Kurt Zuma, West Ham. We're talking a bit more money here, 5.4. But for the returns he's getting and the fact that hardly anyone owns him, you could do worse. If you wanted a West Ham defender and you had a bit of money to spend and you you wanted someone who was a dead set starter, because I don't know if Ben Johnson always will be, Kurt Zuma, 5.4 mil. Worth pointing out that two of West Ham's goals against Liverpool came from set pieces. Um, Zuma is the target man for set pieces. And also worth pointing out on the, the next player, uh, Fornals for West Ham, six mil, mm. was on set pieces. There you go. Last defender I've got here is uh, Keane for Everton. Everton have had some patchy form. But when when the going's good, he is a very reliable centre-back there for Everton, 5 mil. Uh, you've mentioned four nows, midfield, 6 mil. Uh, Mane, we talked about him earlier. It's awkward. He's expensive. You've probably already got Salah. But he is a differential in the sense that no one fucking owns him. And then the last two I've got, Trossard for Brighton. Don't know how strong his form's going to be. Did really well at the weekend. I have a feeling he's coming into form, 6.4 mil. So at that price point, you're talking that's sort of your Rafinha money. Um, a good option. Uh, and again, unlike Rafinha, he's a legitimate differential. Last one, I've got Bowen from West Ham. We talked about him earlier in the show. 6.3 million. So around that price point as well of the sort of Trossard, Rafinha type players. Um, no one owns him. No strikers, unfortunately. I got nothing to mention because people are constantly looking desperately for options up front. It would have been maybe a month ago, Huang for Wolves. 
but now everyone's got him at least on their bench because he's cheap as chips and actually scores some goals. So I've got no strikers to add, but that's a strong list of players there. Some that you'll be well aware of, some that for good reason you might not want in your team and others that you just wouldn't have considered. So if you are looking for cheap most of these are cheap, but diff- genuine differentials who are literally playing week in, week out and scoring points, there's your list. And I think what I might do, are, um, once this show goes up, I might stick that list on Twitter as well, um, just uh, just in case people want to recap that. But good question. And, uh, and I enjoyed researching that one. Uh, last FPL Grompil question. Who are the best striker options under 10 mil? It's a pretty short list. Um <laughs> there's not that many good options over 10 mil um, Antonio West Ham obvious one there 8.2 mil Jesus of City 8.7 by last season's metrics you wouldn't even want to be talking about him but given that there's not a lot going on up front he is legitimately the third highest point scoring striker so far this season he's not none of them are bagging a lot of goals outside of Antonio really we are still early in the season but he's there same with uh, Sam Maximan um, I'm not sure he's getting as many opportunities Goal scoring wise, now Callum Wilson's come back, uh, 6.8 mil. Jimenez of Wolves, 7.7, and Hawang of Wolves, 5.8. Um, his strikers just really is slim pickings this season. Bamford's been injured, yeah, and Lee's have had a rocky start to the season. Kane didn't flourish under Nuno. Um, Vardy's obviously over 10 mil. I think, um, there's you know, Bamiang's over 10 mil. Maybe, maybe someone for. I guess kind of like the watch list is in strikers under 10 mil who we haven't mentioned in that list would be Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. Um, obviously o- just Ollie Watkins, if Villa can sort themselves out, obviously they've just sacked their manager. Yeah. So if a new manager comes in and, and that pays off. In fact, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if I've got this the right way round. I'm pretty sure Villa are after, is it that Villa are after Farka or is it that Norwich are after Villa's manager they've just sacked it's one of those ways round so sorry for not getting that accurate but that kind of made me laugh it's such a merry-go-round isn't it um, but yeah strikers in general pretty slim pickings but if I if I was picking two strikers out of that list it would be Antonio and Jimenez if my budget stretched to it otherwise Antonio and Huang if you wanted to put money like I've found that this season you know maybe a bit more money has ended up landing in the defence because there's better points returns Which leads us on to the next question from our friend FPL Senate, also calls himself FPL Teacher. Hello to you in Malaysia. He always gives us plenty of questions and takes our uh, banter in good grace, although uh, he's only sent in one question this week, so maybe he's sick and tired of being called a greedy bastard. Um, Sorry about that. He says, what have been the most unique things that have happened in FPL this season so far? So he's on theme. Um, specifically thinking about particular players, something a team is doing, or some league-wide phenomena. I think just broad-based. It's a very broad question. D- def- defenders scoring higher than strikers. Yes. And more consistently. I- I've, I've never seen FPL in recent years where so... I mean, there was a season a few years ago where it was all about the wingbacks. We always get that a bit. Trent and Robinson last... Uh, Robertson, sorry, last season. Robinson. Um, getting a lot of assists. But, uh, yeah, that kind of Con- golf... Consistently, like, across the board, defenders seem to seem to be scoring more. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's one, a big one. one big theme. My, the other one I've got league wide, maybe or team team wide, is although I think we we're all aware immediately when the season started that the big teams were City, 
Chelsea and Norwich. Um, no, not Norwich. Um, we we knew who the big guns were, right? City, Chelsea, Liverpool. But even then, there's been some weird results already. City losing at home to Palace. What's that about? And then and then beyond that, you've got teams who would ordinarily be gunning for European football, whose form has just been so patchy, and it's actually resulted in a few seconds. Uh, Spurs, obviously. Arsenal, although they seem to really have picked up lately, which is, you know, I'm sure Arsenal fans are happy to finally see that. Man United, not sure how long Oli's going to last now. Um, Villa, just sacked their manager. Everton. Up and down, up and down. I mean, they're Probably, really they're really missing DCL. I would yeah, say. in fact, that's a striker we didn't mention earlier. DCL. Yeah. I mean, he's been out injured. Yeah, I think Everton have, have they've got Rafa in as manager. They've been hit pretty hard with injuries. Decore's and, out now. Yeah, that's... like Decore. When DCL was out, at least they had Decore still there, mm. um, who was both playing well and scoring FPL points. Yeah. Um, At full strength, I really like that Everton yeah. starting 11. They've got they got some good ones, but yeah, injuries have obviously rocked them. Um, and then, recurring theme, I've got a note down here, there hasn't been a lot of nailed on striker options for FPL. Um, you know, last season we had Harry Kane and Bamford. Bamford was just like someone that everyone had in from about game week six for the whole season. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Bamford was obviously like that budget, consistent mm. striker then most people had Kane and or Salah. Yeah, and so uh, Salah you, was a was Salah a striker last season? Uh, no, mid. But in terms of like, where your points are yeah, coming from, right, those right, three right. was just so reliable. Yeah, um, it's just not been there, has it? I yeah. mean, outside of you know, obviously Vardy had a good start to the season. I think the one of going back to the defender point earlier, one of the most unique things of what's happened in FPL is we've got, come to a point where we've basically got three like our locked players tend to be the three defenders in like Reese James or Chilwell and then Trent and Cancelo. Yep. Whereas That's weird, isn't it? In previous seasons your locked players for the whole season would be like Bruno, Bruno and Salah yeah. and Kane. Yep, yep, those are the three, right? Yeah. Weird. And then uh, who remembers KDB? Yeah. It's been a while. Um and then yeah, the, the last point I've got is that um, you know the, the fact that a lot of the big points outside of Salah have been defence, which is exactly what we're talking about. But like particularly for the big teams, uh, it, it that for me has been the strangest thing about this season so far. I'm interested to see now how it pans out, particularly with the fact that you know Conte's in at Spurs, Arsenal are hitting a bit of form. Like I don't want to kind of jinx it, but maybe Aubameyang will become someone that you want in your team. Uh, who, who knows? Or someone will come to the uh, to the to the fray, or Bamford comes back from injury finally, or maybe Rodrigo really kicks on up front for Leeds and Leeds turn their season around a bit. These are all things that obviously are just speculative and we don't know. But those, I would say, I think we've covered what we feel have been the most peculiar things about FPL so far. Everything has been though this season. Weird. I find yeah, it's just um... no cut and dry. I thought that I thought in particular that Liverpool. And City would be so dominant. And yeah. whilst they kind of have, you've also then had some weird upsets. And then the fact that, you know, there's no one now who's unbeaten after Liverpool lost the other day. Uh, West Ham are in third, which, you know, I'm happy for them. Uh, the only team who hasn't got a win now is actually Newcastle. And they've obviously just employed Eddie Howe. Um, that's, I think that's pretty cool. Strange old season. Um, Good question. And, 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 yeah, it was a great question. And we're only 11, we're only 11 games in. I feel like we're 20 in with all the shit that's yeah. happened. 
So there we go. Great question from FPL Senate. Thanks, mate. Last question, friend of the show, Nick, manager of Brisbane Meow. Um, we've probably, between the lines, answered this already in the show, but we'll give it a bit of, a bit of shine now. He asks, is Son worth the price right now? Uh, and then his sub-question is, and can uh, Callum Wilson become a must-have under Eddie Howe? So first off, I you know, Scott talked to me about this last week. He feels like he needs Son in his team. Uh, I've already got him and he's blanked every week for the last three games I've had him. But I do feel confident enough, particularly now Conte's here, that I may as well hang on to him. I think on balance, you, yeah, I think people probably should try and get Son in. If you've got him, you wouldn't get rid of him. Yeah. Good, if, you good don't, fixtures, but... if you don't have him, I think you could probably wait a week. I think you could. I think you could wait a week. Um, the interesting thing is when you wait like that is I had that I had massive FOMO from game week one of not having Bruno. And I yeah. felt very conscious of the fact that I felt like I was the only person in the world who didn't have Bruno Fernandes. You were. <laughs> and then I started to strategize without taking points hits how I was going to work him into my team. And then ironically enough, by the time I was ready to get him in, Cristiano Ronaldo had turned up and I brought Ronaldo in and that did work for a couple of weeks. So my point being that shit changes pretty quick. Um, but I, I would say, you know, depending on what the rest of your team looks like, there'd be no harm in gunning for Son. At, but you're right as well. You, if you don't have him, you could afford to wait a week. The, the question being though, is he worth the price? Definitely. Like, yeah, think- when you compare him to other players, I mean, as we talked about earlier, Mane, who's undervalued probably because he's a Liverpool player and everyone's got Salah, is like way more expensive, like sort of 700k more expensive or something, and has roughly the same points. You're basically sacrificing one of the premium strikers who 100%. aren't getting points, 100%. bringing in a budget and then swapping out your mid budget mid for yep. Son. The, I think is the, the way that FPL looks right now, you could go for Huang as your second striker and then spend the extra money on someone like Son. Um, so yeah, I think he is worth it. But as Ben points out, you you could probably afford to wait a week. Now the second part, I don't, uh, you know, it crossed my mind that Eddie Howe's linking up with Callum Wilson again, who he had at Bournemouth, um, as well as Ryan Fraser. I think they didn't end on great terms, right? Um, so I think that's quite funny. But with regards to Callum Wilson, I don't even think... I think it will help the entire club to have a new manager and have someone... I'm a big fan of how I like him. But I don't know if it makes much of a difference to Callum Wilson. He's come back from injury recently and he's already sort of scoring goals. I think it'll be a good thing for him, but I almost think it's irrelevant. I think Callum Wilson will likely play like he did last season anyway. Yeah, in terms of him and his performances, he's just been injured and since he's come back, he's played well. And he scored some goals. Eddie Howe will make the rest of the team yeah. play a lot better. I think Newcastle will start. They they won't be so much of the whipping boys. Yes. So I think broadly speaking, Howe's presence helps everybody, not necessarily specifically Callum Wilson, but as a knock-on effect or a side effect, it's good news for Callum Wilson. And um, that's why, you know, I think very shortly he'll be on firmly on my watch list. I mean, we're, we're crying out for strikers, aren't we? So yeah, it, it, put it this way, it's not a bad thing. Um And there we go. We made it. We made it to the end of the mailbag and the end of the show. If you're still listening, good job. Well done. I mean, it was a special one. You know, it wasn't a normal show. And we'll be back next week for a proper game week 12 forecast. Um, But I actually enjoyed that. And, you know, if one or two people out there did and they're listening, 
Thanks. It wasn't a complete waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just a reminder then, you can send your own questions to us or berate us on Twitter. Um, do that, actually, because it's mainly Scott who monitors that, and I'm always happy for him to receive shit from people. Uh, at Bench Boost Boys is us on Twitter. The website's benchboostboys.club. Um, don't forget to join the private league if you haven't already. That code, um, which is a bit of a phonetic nightmare, and we should have changed it, but here we are. Q8... ZM2S. That's a nightmare, isn't it? Like M, which can sound like an N. S that can sound like an F. It's not good for not good for a podcast, mate. But that being said, the league has good numbers. It does, yeah. Dave Dave Paxton's at the top there. You're what third? I'm third. You're doing great, mate. A, jo- a joint third, but you know, so you're still third. I'll still take third. Yeah, you would do. Uh, and you know, that's a lot better than Scott. Who? Do you remember him? Nah. All right, so we'll leave it at that. I reckon I've uh, I've had a, I've had good fun. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Cheers, Gav. Good to be back. Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope after this international break, you uh, you know next week have a great game week. That's very kind of you. Just not <laughs> surprisingly kind. Just not as good as mine. <laughs> there we go. Obviously, you know it's more important to me that Scott fails than anything. So, yeah. um, all the best, and we'll we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye.